Welcome to The Good Night Show. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Good Night Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep. Hello and welcome back to The Good Night Show. You'll often hear me speak about setting a sleep schedule with consistent sleep and wait times. But did you know our sleep needs change as we age? I'm very excited for today's episode as one of our favorite guests of the show, the sleep doctor, Michael Bruce, joins us to talk about sleep needs and help us to calculate our ideal sleep times. If you haven't tuned in to one of our episodes with Michael, he is a clinical psychologist who passed the sleep medical boards and is renowned author and researcher in the sleep space. In this episode, Michael joins us to speak about the biological changes that affect our sleep from birth through to adulthood, how sleep differs for men and women, and how we target our ideal bedtime for maximum sleep efficiency to get the perfect amount of sleep. Your sleep is individual and we're here to help you get the best sleep with the time you have. Michael, it is so great to have you back on the show. It has been a couple of months. Thanks for coming. My first question I love to ask, how did you sleep last night? So that is an interesting question, especially for the sleep doctor, right? So here's what I can tell you is, as you know, I usually fall asleep around midnight. You know, I've told you this before. Yeah. So yesterday was this particularly special evening because it was two major football games here, not (laughs) soccer football, but American football here in the US. And my, my team, the Rams had the later game. Right. So I was up watching the Rams late into the evening, which they won. <laughs> Go Rams. Right. Excellent. Um, but I fell asleep on the couch, which I don't usually do. Yeah. And I woke up around 1230 on the couch. So I wandered upstairs to get into the bed. And when I arrived, my wife was surrounded by animals. She had she literally had her head on one side of the dog's rear end. The other dog was right here on her. And I was just like, forget it. I'm not, I'm not messing up the pack. So I actually spent the night in the guest room uh, and I slept pretty well, but I don't like sleeping there. So um, I didn't sleep in my normal environment, but I can tell you that it kind of needed to happen based on the uh, the, uh, animals that were in my bed. (laughs) Well, I've seen your dogs and they're very cute. So I can understand why they're in bed. I mean, you can't kick them out, right? Absolutely. So now the other exciting thing is the last time we spoke, you were about to launch your new book, which is Energize. How is it all going? It's going great. Um, We have had such a tremendous response to the book. It's been wonderful. So first of all, if anybody is out there, go buy the book. You're going to love it. Absolutely. Incredible. Um, But uh, we've been very fortunate. Um, People have really taken a hold of it and really seem to to get behind the ideas behind it. So remember, we're doing things about intermittent fasting, sleeping, and then movement, not exercise, but movement on a schedule. And this was 30 minutes, is it? I'm trying to remember the time, amount of time recommended. Oh, so the amount of movement is only 25 minutes a day. So it's five, five minute uh, intervals. But I think what you might be thinking of is the subtitle. So it's called Energize, go from dragging ass to kicking it in 30 days. Yes. Okay. 30 days. 30 days. We're going to, we're going to get you for sure. Yeah. And, and that's a really short period of time, really in the scheme of things. But when we're talking to people about sleep problems, often they want to make a change and for it to work the next day. But, you know, 30 days is more realistic to, to start putting those changes into place and being able to see the result. So absolutely. But also the reason, part of the reason that we did it is um, based on the work out of Stanford by my friend BJ Fogg. 
he um, studies habits yep. and how to create a habit. And one of the things that he's learned is it takes 21 days to establish a habit, Yeah, which is interesting. So what we did was we wanted to give people a week to learn, yep. figure out the program, kind of get it installed in their head, and then 21 days to form those habits. And that's really where we start to see the, the growth and the positivity. Perfect. Well, I have ordered my copy on Amazon, so I'm looking Thank forward you. to receiving it and reporting back on my 30 days. Please do. I will. Now, what I really wanted to chat to you today about is really about um, as we go through different stages in life, we need different sleep requirements. So we have different requirements for sleep and they change. And I guess um, breaking that down a little bit, looking at, you know, when we're, when we're babies, it looks like this, when we move into childhood, adolescence, et cetera, et cetera. And we just had an interesting conversation offline about um, looking at people as they move into that elderly stage, because that is a time where you need less sleep, obviously, but how can you get the most out of that? So that's really, you know, to cover it off is looking at how much time we need, looking at why you really need to have that wake and sleep pattern um, and, and breaking that down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I felt our conversation was very apropos um, considering that my birthday is in two weeks and I'm going to be 54 um, and kind of walking into that space. And one of the things I've noticed, and I'm happy to admit this, is my chronotype appears to be slightly changing. Yeah. So okay. you remember, I'm a night owl. I like yep. to go to bed at midnight, wake up at 6.13 every day. You know, that's kind of my thing. But one of the things I've noticed in the past six months, believe it or not, is I'm finding myself waking up a little bit earlier than I mm. normally would have. Yeah. 5.45 sometimes, um, 5.50, and, you know, get 20, 25 minutes earlier. And I'm, I'm awake and it's, you know, it's too late in the morning for me to sleep till 6.15 because that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I got to kind of go ahead and get up. So one of the things I know that's happening is my melatonin is kind of going backwards. And this is something that we see happen as we get older. So there used to be this big myth, right? That when you get older, you need less sleep. You might need a little bit less in terms of total minutes, but the quality of the sleep is really what's really supposed to be so, so, so important as we get older. So there's lots of different things that I think we can talk about to some of our listeners to think through the idea of, hey, if I just want to get higher quality sleep, doesn't matter what your age is, Um, how do I do something like that? Um, And and we'll get into that in a second. But again, as we age, there's two different things that we see happening, actually three. Um, One is that this melatonin start and stop seems to happen earlier and earlier. So for folks out there, last time you went to dinner with your grandparents, right? What time did they want to go to dinner? It was like 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) That's because their melatonin was backed up. So be prepared that that happens. The second thing that's really interesting is um, pain. Uh, becomes much bigger factor yeah. as we get older, right? Because of injuries, things that have happened, accumulation across the years, arthritis, um, you know, low back pain, all of these things become a big issue as we're as we're kind of walking into those years. And so from a quality standpoint, we want to try to know, hey, are we sleeping on a good mattress? Do we have the right pillow? Um, from a pain perspective, those are things that from the outside, you can fix very, very quickly yeah. um, and be helpful. And then the third area, which is kind of related to pain, yeah. is uh, medication mm. and medical problems, right? Yeah. So as we get older, things people get high cholesterol, high blood pressure, these types of things. And many of these medications can actually have an effect on the depth of our sleep. So mm. one of the things that when we see a healthy older individual, we can say to them, oh, you're, you're actually going to probably sleep less than you did when you were younger because 
you don't have pain, you don't have medication on board, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe your melatonin is moving a little, but that's just shifting the timing of your sleep. Where we see people um, who get, who as they get older, need more sleep, it's because of these types of complications, pain, uh, maybe the medication they're taking is giving them lighter sleep. So their body wants to get more. Yeah. Uh, we spoke a little bit before the show about caffeine consumption. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. I'm going to be honest with you. Caffeine is not good for your sleep. No. Um, at the end of the day, people don't realize caffeine has a half-life of six to eight hours. Yeah. Right. So if you stop drinking coffee at, let's say noon at eight o'clock, half, literally 50% is still on board. So, you know, thinking through these ideas of healthy sleep, we really want to think through the idea of, you know, lowering stimulants for sure. Um, Keeping a consistent schedule is important and watching out for any of those attributes in our environment that could give us, you know, kind of a rough ride. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you mentioned caffeine, but I think also um, I've been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks around the 3 p.m. slump. You know, it's that natural 2 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. is when we naturally have a dip in in our circadian rhythm, in our energy. Um, You know, people are reaching for either caffeine or, you know, coffee or caffeine's in chocolate. Energy drinks, energy drinks, you name it. All of that. Fizzy drinks, soft drinks, you know, caffeine's not in that. But, But sugar as well is playing a role in this. And that's another issue that nobody is really talking about. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up is sugar. Sugar turns out to be a big, big factor. So number one, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the rewind button for a second. And let's talk about that slump that happens mm. in the midday afternoon. So it turns out that that has to do with your core body temperature. So somewhere between one and three in the afternoon, you get a slight increase in core body temperature with a drop. Now, remember a drop in core body temperature is a signal to your brain to release melatonin. Yeah. You have one of those at 1030 at night. Unfortunately, you also have one somewhere between two and four in the afternoon, and that can throw you off a bit. I'm here to tell you what the easy, easy fix is for that. Please do. Walk out, walk outside and get some sunshine. Absolutely. Um, remember, when, sun, right, when sunlight hits your eye, you cannot produce melatonin. So if you're starting to feel a little sleepy, a little logy, and you know this happens to you on a regular basis, do yourself a favor, 15 minutes before you know it's going to happen. Go eat lunch outside or go for a walk. Take your dog out. Go for a stroll with a friend. Do something to get some direct sunlight. And do me a favor. Keep your sunglasses off for the first 15 minutes. Yeah. By the way, 15 minutes is the exact amount of time that your body needs to produce internally vitamin D. Vitamin D turns out to be a circadian pacemaker and it's really good for you. Oh, fabulous. See, okay. I didn't know that fact. I love that because I'm often saying to people that this is, you know, you, your quick fix is just to, to get outside and get the sunlight. Um, but that makes sense then about the, the vitamin D as well. Yep. The vitamin D helps. And that remember vitamin D is a circadian pacemaker. And when that light hits our eye, we reset our circadian clock. Now, the other thing to remember is the consistency of your wake up time. Yeah. Now I'm sure you're tired of me saying this because I say it every time. But the consistency of your wake-up time does two very important things. It turns off the melatonin faucet like we've been discussing, but it does something else that a lot of people don't know is it actually sets a timer on that faucet Mm. for about 14 hours later. So here's why I want you to wake up at the same time every day. So if you're waking up at 6 a.m., 6 a.m., 6 a.m., and then your melatonin reproduces 14 hours later, guess what happens when you you wake up at 9 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock? melatonin doesn't get produced for an additional three hours, which means you ain't going to bed when you think you're going to go to bed. Mm -hmm. So by sleeping in, in the morning, you're giving yourself insomnia at night. Yeah. Right. 
People don't understand how that relationship works. And I get it. Saturday mornings, who wants to wake up at six o'clock in the morning on Saturdays? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I do. I love it. I get the whole house to myself. I can read a book. I can listen to a podcast. I can watch one of my shows that nobody likes. It turns out to be actually a pretty good time. Absolutely. And and I think this is the key because I, I think about so many people who go to bed whenever they want to go to bed every night of the week and there is no regularity to it and yeah. they are constantly in a jet lagged feeling really. So exactly. waking up feeling really disorientated, lethargic, you know, no energy mm-hmm. and it's as simple as this and it's free, you know, so this is something I you don't know, need to buy anything, do anything and it's, it's, it's you know, it is really, it's, it's, it's a discipline though, you know, so it's, it's it like what you discipline. talk about in your book is, is having some of those disciplines. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we were talking a little bit before, but I think I'll repeat myself now is that, look, sleep is about two different things. It's about discipline and it's about acceptance, right? So discipline is wake up at the same time every single day, including the weekends, right? Stop caffeine by 2 p.m., right? Discipline. Stop alcohol three hours before bed. Discipline. Exercise daily, but stop exercise four hours before bed. And when you wake up in the morning, get 15 minutes of sunlight, drink 15 ounces of water and have some deep breaths. If all you did was that, you would be farther ahead than 90% of the people out there. But sometimes even that doesn't work. That's yeah. where the acceptance comes in, right? And so, I, you know, I tell the story all the time. I follow all my own rules, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So like, I do all of those things because I got to make sure that they work. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. Sometimes it doesn't. And I'll tell you, I know exactly when it doesn't, when something's happening with my daughter, when when you're feeling (laughs) a little bit stressed or anxious about it. Yeah, absolutely. If I've got a big flight, I have to catch the next day that I don't want to miss. I'll wake up an hour before my alarm. I'm sure people out there listening know what that feeling is like as well. So sometimes there's an overriding stressful human factor, right? It may not be light. It may not be sound. It may not be your bed. Um, but it could be, uh, you know, your daughter or your granddaughter or whoever. And, um, and we have to respect and honor that and understand that you don't get a great night's sleep every single night and that's okay. Yeah. And that is okay. And that, I think that that's the, the, the key message, isn't it? For a lot of people, and we've, we've talked about this before is, is that it's not going to happen for you every night, but if you can strive and make sure that you're doing everything that you can do, and that's just acknowledging sleep in the first place and understanding that it's important, putting it on your agenda, like you would for diet or exercise, um, no. then you're going, you're on your way to at least feeling so much better. Cause let's, let's be honest, when you have a great night's sleep, you feel, you feel great. Yeah. And, and the good news is, is that it's not that hard to get one anymore. Like, I mean, especially people have had more flexibility in their schedules now, right? So yeah. people may not have to go into work. They may be, they may be working from home. Um, and so they've got a lot more flexibility in their schedules to actually get the sleep that they've been missing. Now, hopefully they're not up, you know, drinking wine all night and coffee all night and all these other things, which unfortunately that's happening as well. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this statistic. This was in the U.S. Um, 23 percent increase in sleeping pill prescriptions since COVID. Really? 23 percent, man. I think we're talking like one in four, like that's crazy. I mean, when you see that kind of a jump, you got to really be concerned that there's a lot of stress going on. So for folks out there, I want you to understand something. It's okay to have stress. It's okay if you don't sleep perfectly. You're a human. Okay. I'm a sleep doctor for God's sakes. I don't sleep perfectly either. Right. So 
cut yourself some slack, understand your situation, and then just try to make small improvements towards the way. Because here's what I can tell you. If you can get one of my books, get your sleep straight, it's worth it. Like I promise you, like talk to anybody who's a good sleeper and they'll tell you like, I value my sleep. Like they, they, like there's a lot of things that people don't value, but when they get good sleep, they know they get good sleep. So, you know, I think it's possible. I, I really haven't met anybody yet that I haven't been able to at least help. I might not make their sleep perfect, but you know, at least people should know there's room for improvement there for sure. And now it's time for a quick break. Are you having trouble falling asleep? Calm your busy mind and drift off with the Goodnight Co. Deep Sleep Drops. Using a combination of naturally derived ingredients, our deep sleep drops have been scientifically formulated to help you naturally achieve a deep, restful sleep. Just eight drops under the tongue before bed can help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. We're offering you 20% off your next purchase of our deep sleep drops with the discount code PODCAST20. Try them today, available at thegoodnightco.com.au. And I think one of the things you just touched on was around um, pre- just before we talked about when, when you wake up in the morning, it's getting that hit of sunlight, setting your circadian rhythm. Yeah having a glass of water and doing some deep breathing. And I think when we're talking about this stress and anxiety that's that's here for us, it's another thing that people, everyone wants to just take a pill because it's the quick fix solution. But there are all of these things that you can be doing that are free and easy and just breathing, really breathing properly can be part of that. Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, if you, if you're okay with it, I'd love to share my morning routine with everybody. Yes, please do. Absolutely. So I have a very strict morning routine. Uh, You'll see I'm kind of militant. I'm going to tell you even what time I do everything because (laughs) I'm, I'm on a schedule. So as I told you before, I have a tendency to wake up around 613 in the morning. Lately, it's been a little bit earlier, which has actually helped with my meditations. So here's what I do is I get up around 615. I go give my dog his medication because it takes about 30 minutes, 45 minutes for it to kind of kick into gear. And then I I come downstairs, let the dogs out. I light a fire so the dogs can sit in front of the fire and relax. And then I sit in my chair and I do four 10 minute meditations. Um, Each one is different. One is a general, one is specifically for heart rate. One is specifically for breathing and one is specifically for stillness. Right. And then after that 40 minutes, I, uh, I get up, feed the dogs, take them for their walk. So I start to get my sunshine and exercise right there. And when I, when I finish taking them for their walk, I stop in my office with my two dogs and I play with them for a good three to five minutes because yeah. there's nothing wrong with getting some unconditional love Absolutely. every single morning. Right. <laughs> so now, so you see where I'm, I'm working it all in. Right. So then, uh, and usually when I got up in the morning, the other thing that I, I have a tendency to do is I like to brush and floss my teeth while stretching. Yeah. So I, I get my morning stretches in when I kind of do that again, to just kind of get the body going, get things, you know, working after I've, um, I've spent some time with the dogs, then I meet my morning breathwork group. So I have a group that I meet on zoom every morning, seven thirty-five. It's a men's group. Yep. There's anywhere from four to 50 of us at any given time. And we have a leader who leads us through a Wim Hof breathing. So this is a breathing hard in and out 40 times and you hold your breath for 90 seconds, then two minutes, then two and a half minutes. 
Um, it's great. We do a wow. heart centered meditation afterwards. And then I, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I start my workout. I'm done by eight 30. I hit the shower in front of my desk at nine. Perfect. I mean, that's intense for a lot of people, you know? Well, but here's to be fair. Okay. It is intense, but let's, let me tell you something. I didn't start it all one day. Okay. No. Like I slowly added things to the mixture. Right. So the very first thing I wanted to do was walk my dogs in the morning. Yeah. So I got in the, I got in the habit of walking my dogs and playing with my dogs. And that felt really good. And I felt good afterwards. So then I was like, okay, what can I add to this routine? I've never been a meditator. I'm not very good at it. So I found a device. It's actually a headband called Muse that actually helps me meditate. It teaches me how to meditate. So yeah. that was super helpful. So then I started getting involved in that. And to be clear, when I started meditating, if I got through three minutes, it was a miracle. Okay. Now I'm at 40 minutes. So wow. I'm here to tell people, and this is from somebody who's not a meditator. It's possible. Yeah. You just have to give yourself some time and commit then to I it. Work and commit to it. Then I worked into the breath work. Now the breath work was easier because there's anywhere from five to 40 guys and they're all expecting you to be there. Yeah. So I kind of, I had that commitment that I had made to them. So then I added that on and then I added my exercise on. So, yeah. and, and to be clear, it took me almost a year and a half to create this program for myself. Yeah. So I don't want people to think, Hey, I'm going to do the same thing that Michael's doing. No, don't do that. Do the right thing for you. Yeah. Take small doses and then slowly build it up. You're, you'll be surprised at how useful it is. Because the, the key message is, is that sleep is personalized. So what works for one person is going to be very different for everybody else. But what okay. you're simply outlining is that here are, here are some guidelines around some things that you can be doing, which include getting fresh air, walking, having that um, time with your dog, um, you know, yeah. breathing, meditating. breathing. So all, all of these things, exercising, all of these yeah. things are the key foundations that you need to do. And even if you only have 30 minutes a day, which everybody can carve out, let's be honest, um, then factor that into the 30 minutes. It might be a three minute, as you said, three minutes of meditation. It might be a 10 exactly. minute walk. It might be, you know, five minutes of stretching, but you can do all of those things. Yeah. And well, like, that's one of the reasons why I stretch while I brush my teeth, yeah. right? Is because I didn't have any more time. So I had to figure out where to fit it in. Like you can be creative yeah. about this kind of thing. And, and if you don't have time for a morning walk, well, maybe you park your car further away from the office and then that's your walk in. And maybe you take the stairs instead of the elevator and that counts, right? Like be creative. Like don't, don't look for excuses, not look for excuses too, right? Yeah. And, and be able to find those opportunities. You'd be surprised. The other thing that's kind of funny is as soon as you start doing it and you start sharing your morning routine with people, people are fascinated. Yeah. They're like, how did you do that? I want to try that. That sounds really cool. And then all of a sudden you're in a very interesting, healthy discussion about, hey, what do you do in the morning? Hey, what do you do? That kind of thing. Because a, a conversation that, that happens a lot in the sleep space is that your night, your, your good night's sleep and your nighttime routine all start in the morning. So getting a good night's sleep is the is how you start your day. You plan your sleep at night based on what you do during the day. So many people don't think about sleep until it's like 20 minutes before bed. And they're like, oh, crap, I forgot. I got to go to bed, you know, or yeah. they're falling asleep while they're watching Netflix. And they're like, oh, maybe I should go to sleep. Right. As opposed to, hey, Temple. I've been planning out my day. Yeah. I kind of know where I need to be. You know, it's just more efficient um, and quite frankly, effective. 
Yeah. And I think as we just touched on before, it's going to be different for everybody. So this is something that you've got to get in tune with your, with you, your 100%. body, who you are and work that out. So a doctor is not going to be able to tell you exactly how many hours sleep you need just because you're 30 years old. You've Correct. got to tune in and work out what that, what works for you. Yeah. And so that's where I came up with that idea of the bedtime calculator, right? Yes. So for, for folks out there who want to try to figure that out, right? Let me give you an easy math equation. I know, I know we, did, we promised there'd be no math, but there's <laughs> going to be a little math. Um, so here's how it works is everybody has a socially determined wake up time, right? So what time do your dogs get up? What time do your kids get up? What time do you have to get up for work, right? Everybody's got one of those. So you take that and you count backwards from that seven and a half hours. Now, let me tell you how I got seven and a half. The average sleep cycle, 90 minutes. The average human, five cycles, five times 90 is 450 minutes divided by 60 is seven and a half hours. So yeah. number one, eight hours is a myth. People, I want to be very, very clear. The math yeah. doesn't even work, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, like get over it folks. Eight hours is a myth. That's number one. But let's say just to make the, the math simple, you wake up at 6.30, seven and a half hours earlier than that is 11 o'clock. Now you have a target to shoot for. Right. Because here's the problem. Nobody's around telling you to go to bed. What? Since you've been like six. So, so that's really your responsibility. So if you can get an idea like, okay, Michael said, if I go to bed at 11 and wake up at 630, at least I'm giving myself the opportunity to get some decent night sleep in here. If you want to learn how to do it based on your chronotype, that would be awesome. But that's step two. Okay. That doesn't have to be step one. Step one is socially determined wake up time. Cut back seven and a half hours. That's your go to bedtime. If you can do that for two weeks, including the weekends, I can assure you, you will feel better. <laughs> yeah. And and touching on chronotypes, we haven't really talked about that, but Michael has written a book about um, chronotypes. So you can identify with who, what animal type you might be. And there is a that's quiz right. that you can take. So if that's the next step you want to look at, all of this information is in Michael's first, oh, is it your first? No, it's not your first book, Power of, The Power of When. My third. The third book. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a look on, um, even if you Google it, you can buy that one on Amazon or off your website. Okay. Yeah. Um, chronotypes uh, came up as a sleep trend for 2022. I don't know if I, I read that in some, somewhere. You did? Yeah, I'll send you the article. So wow. uh, chronotypes are on the rise, Me people. If, if you've never heard of it, then check it out. I'm the guy. I'm the chronotype guy, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> when just, you know, to, to talk, to sort of to round off all of what we've talked about, if you are really serious about looking at how to get good sleep, it's really also about tracking it. You know, because if we talk about the stages and the cycles of sleep that we have, um, you know, for me, I know that if I do certain things like consume too much technology, too close to bed, have alcohol too close to bed, things like that, I definitely don't get the deep sleep that I need. And the only reason I know that is by tracking it. You and I both wear aura rings. Um, You know, they Mm -hmm. are fantastic, but there are lots of other wearables that you can do to track your sleep. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. So number one, there are a lot of different tracking mechanisms to track your sleep. If you don't want to spend a bunch of money, you can actually just create what's called a sleep diary, right? Which is where you write down what time you went to bed, what time you woke up, you know, how many times did you wake up? That's actually incredibly valuable information. And before this whole internet of things um, had, had happened, that's what we did in practice. I would send people home with a piece of paper and they'd write it all down. 
So there's some utility in doing that. But if you're going to get a tracker, a couple of things I want to be clear about. Number one, don't live and die by your tracker's mm. data. Okay. I've, I've reviewed all of the trackers. Aura turns out to be the most accurate. Um, Aura and Fitbit are the most accurate. But to be clear, no tracker is perfect. Yeah. Okay. No tracker is perfect. So don't worry if one day it says that you're sleeping. Well, actually, even more so. Let's say that you pull up a tracker and it says you're only getting 14 minutes of REM sleep. And it's been like that for a month. Here's the good news. The likelihood of you only getting 14 minutes of REM sleep is really small. Probably means the tracker is off, but it's consistently being inaccurate. Mm. The time when you want to look at that data is when it goes from 14 minutes to 400 minutes to 270 minutes, right? The delta of that information, that's when you really want to take a look at your tracking data. So don't live and die by your tracker, please. Um, the other thing is, believe it or not, there's now a new disorder called orthosomnia. And this is for people who get anxious when they review their tracker data so much wow. so that it disrupts their sleep. So oh my goodness. Please, please, please. If you're one of those OCD types of people who has to, you know, write everything down and all of that kind of stuff, you might not want to check the tracker data too often. Yeah. Michael, it's been so great to have you on uh, for another show on season seven. Thank you for coming along, sharing um, as usual, so much wisdom and knowledge. I'm sure that it's going to help people to um, think about how they can maybe improve on their sleep. We Absolutely. would love to look at having you back again um, for season eight and um, wishing you all the best. I know that you've got a busy season coming up with World Sleep Day upon us. Yes, it is rapidly approaching. And I want to thank you. I'd love to come back for season eight. Um, and I'd love to, you know, tell everybody out there, hey, do me a favor, go buy my book. All right. Yes. It's called Energize. Go from dragging ass to kicking it in 30 days. Um, it's a lot of fun. You've learned a little bit about it today. And you've also learned a lot of great stuff about sleep. Thanks uh, for the honor of having me on once again, Shay. It's always, always a pleasure. Go out, grab a copy of Energize. It's at energizemyself.com if you want to get your hands on your own copy. Thank you, Michael, and look forward to chatting again soon. Always fun. Wishing everybody out there sweet dreams. Thank you for listening to The Good Night Show. If you're keen to learn more about our guests or any of the topics we've spoken about today, hop on over to The Good Night Co. closed Facebook community group or check us out at thegoodnightco.com.au. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider by searching The Good Night Show. And if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks, everyone.